Hi, Johnny Jenkins here, and you're listening to my show from Raw 12:51 a.m. without all the music. Hope you like it. Her with Fight For You on the Johnny Jenkins Show just after four o'clock. Friday afternoon, wishing you a very good afternoon. Happy Friday, another week passed uh, and week eight starting very soon. I can't believe how quick it's all it's all flying by. Here we are in the second hour of the Johnny Jenkins Show with the political panel talking about the big issues of the week. And I think it's been a, a fairly busy news week, especially in terms of Corona. We've got our coronavirus roadmap which is our our route out uh, of lockdown the steps have been outlined by the prime minister in a quite detailed plan with some dates given but uh, the government's still telling us that data is what's leading the decision making process is this roadmap good is it is it too quick is it too slow is it about right have the priorities uh, been clear then we're talking about how that specifically relates to universities because Boris Johnson did mention universities when he announced his roadmap and he very often leaves us out. But he did mention, I took that as a win and then there's not very much more guidance, except that most students will return to campuses by the end of the Easter holidays. That's when the decision is made. I don't think it's clear to the government that Easter holidays vary at different universities and um, that actually we haven't got the clarity we need there. Maybe the panel disagree. And then we're talking about something that's been mentioned before, a vaccine passport, which is, you know, you could get the vaccine show that you've got it, you could then maybe travel a bit more abroad in the UK, or maybe we should show proof of a negative coronavirus test and have a COVID negative certificate, and that would be um, a less exclusionary way to look at things. They're the options being weighed up in government. We'll see what the panel make of that. But now it's time on the Johnny Jenkins Show, Friday afternoon, just after four o'clock, to welcome our panel for today. We've got Enoch and Will. Hello to you both. Enoch, let's say hi to you first. How are you doing? I'm good, Johnny. Thanks for having me on the show today. Well, thanks for coming. I know it's been a very busy week for you, hasn't it? Hi, Ed. So I'm running up and down with big decisions. So hope, hopefully all goes well tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, just saying hi now to Will Kingswood as well. Hi, Will. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Plodding along, getting by. Another week down. Um, another week closer to finishing my degree, which is a bit mad. But anyway, here we are. Um, what's new in the world of Will? Oh, pff, nothing at the moment. Um, I've just been... <laughs> getting on with it uh, i had a video presentation to make for this week and that's been probably the highlight of my week up until today when we're doing the uh, big decision coverage yeah and, and did the presentation go well what was it about um it was a philosophy one non-comparative philosophy it was quite complicated i'm not quite sure i understood what i was talking about but only 20 percent of the module so it'll be fine yeah, I mean, it sounds absolutely thrilling, doesn't it? Um, right, you mentioned there the big decision. I know Enoch did as well. Um, that's um, what's happening this evening. I suppose it's a little bit like raw speak, isn't it? The big decision. I mean, we need to make clear um, yeah. what the big decision is. Um, so we'll tell us a little bit about it. So obviously this week is our student union elections and the big decision is basically what we at Raw call the election night. So in like normal times in the general election you'd have election night run by andrew neil and lots of other political commentators but instead we're the ones running it for our student union elections fabulous and it's been quite a week i mean just in the last hour we were hearing from the uh, candidates who want to be president in, in the hustings there and it's, it's been quite a heated week um enoch i suppose as, as head of news at raw you, you've been planning all the big decision stuff uh, yes, planning, editing, um, overseeing, whatever 
menial task needed of me I've been there to do. But it's all worth it because Business Interest Night is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, we have the brilliant Lisa Ray Booth Stocks back to host. Um, we have Cam Hall in his first time hosting a um, big decision event. Um, it's going to be broadcasting live at 9 p.m. Um, um, we have a full time officers coming on to introduce in new offices. It's going to be a fantastic event. And then this is when we get the results as well. So, yes, so we get to find out who the next president is, the next um, democracy officer and education and so on. And so it's quite a big moment. I would say it's probably one of the biggest moments in the raw calendar. Yeah, definitely the raw news calendar. This is the, the one big event every single year. And I think this year we're absolutely going to smash it. Um, this will be every, every year in the past. Um, I think, but all, yeah, no, one of the big things happening tonight, of course, we're going to announce our exit poll results. We're going to see how well we did at guessing the, um, well, not guessing, but mathematically calculating based on your responses how um, who's going to be the next leader of the SU. So please, if you're, there's still time, if you're listening to this live, there's still time to fill that out. So please do fill out our exit poll and you find all the raw, raw social media. And you're not in a position to give me an exclusive now on, on who's going to win. No, um, well, I've obviously rigged it well in advance, but like, I can't leave any of the details just yet. All right. Um, the vote is still open. We should say that it's open until seven o'clock tonight. Uh, you can vote at warwickshu.com forward slash vote. And then, of course, fill in the raw exit poll. Tell us how you did. It's all anonymous. It just gives us an idea of uh, what we can expect from nine o'clock this evening. And uh, the other thing here to mention is that we've hosted Hustings, haven't we, throughout the week? Uh, we did our last one yesterday, hosted Hustings for all of the uh, full-time officer candidates, uh, meeting meeting them all, hearing their opinions, having a bit of debate, a bit of discussion there. So, Enoch, they're still available to catch up on, right? Uh, yeah, they are all available on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, and of course, now it's podcast by the time you're listening to this. So there we are, voting open until seven tonight. It's warwickshu.com forward slash vote. Fill in the exit poll afterwards and uh, yeah, make an informed choice. It's the John Lee Jenkins Show, Friday afternoon and Higher Self. The John Lee Jenkins Show on a Friday afternoon with the song Higher Self on Raw 12.51am. A very good afternoon to you from me, Johnny, and my panel, Enoch and Will, talking the big issues of the week. And I suppose... Whilst this happened on Monday, it's really set the tone, hasn't it, for the rest of the week. Um, the government's roadmap out of lockdown, the plan, the steps and the stages, the data and the dates telling us how we are going to get our normal life back. And with these four stages, the first of which being kids going back to school from the 8th of March, um, we should, if it all goes to plan, get some sort of normal life back by the date given to us so far, at least is the 21st of June. Um Will, coming to you first, I assume, assume you sort of heard the Prime Minister on Monday, heard the discussions uh, which have happened over the rest of the course of the week. Are you, are you pleased with the roadmap? Uh, yeah, I think it's fairly um, middle of the road in terms of how quickly we open up the economy. I think if we get past the opening of schools and don't see a substantial rise in infections, then that will bring in a lot more confidence with the whole rollout as well. And I think it's very gradual. And I think that's probably good just to make sure that we don't make any mistakes and head back into another wave, which will affect us over the summer and be probably really damaging for like mental health, especially if we've been told we might be able to come out and then we do see infections rise and then we can't. 
it's difficult with schools, isn't it? Because I've, you know, I think that combined with the the new Kent variant, which is now dominant across the UK, uh, before Christmas really meant that cases were, were were rapidly rising. But there wasn't testing taking place in schools. Many kids obviously have the virus asymptomatically; they don't have the cough or the fever or the taste or smell change, and so didn't realise they've got corona and they were spreading it. Teachers, you know, to, into parents and their sort of web of contacts. But now the plan is that kids will all be tested, won't they? They're going to have this is what they tell us anyway. Um, they're going to have, I think in the first week, three tests, two of which at school, I think I'm right in saying, and then the rest from the f- weeks after that, you'll be testing at home um, for corona and then obviously you'd start isolating cases. So surely, Will, if we've got the testing down to a T, and that's a big part of the roadmap, then that that prospect of normal life and cases not sort of rapidly rising from schools, it, it's a bit more hopeful. Um, yeah, I do think personally that, it will be fine because obviously I think we see that um, coronavirus is quite sim- not similar to the flu in its makeup, but similar in how it rises during the winter and seems to seem to die down during the summer. Even last year, after we'd seen the like big rise in cases, it died down over the summer and we sort of went back to normal life, almost normal life for a bit. So hopefully combining the warming weather with the vaccinations of the um, at-risk population will like will just bring it down bring cases down and hopefully we can return to a normal life no but that's the situation here is that whilst it gives us a fairly normal summer you look ahead to winter the medics and the scientists are saying don't throw away your mask you may well need that in the winter Enoch um let's hear your thoughts on this one um do do you think that that from this roadmap the summer looks a bit more like a possibility, but winter, maybe we get those masks back out. I think everything we've heard from scientists, I think it, it does say, you know what, with vaccinations going well, summer looks like a very poss- strong possibility. Um, you know, the virus is less well in the heat anyway. That, I think we have built the systems we need by summer to think to properly mitigate this. Um, I do think we'll see some restrictions, some not maybe not restrictions, but we will see some mandates, some stuff like mask mandates, would come come this winter but i think maybe we need to learn to live with those anyway just to make things like flu seasons less aggressive i mean if we can still engage with most of normal life we have to wear a mask i don't think that's that big a restriction on most people and and then more broadly in terms of the roadmap um yeah. is it too much too little or just about right I think I have to find the twin impulses in me because obviously there's one side that says be as cautious as possible, this is people's lives at risk. And then the other side where it says, please get me out of this house as quickly as you can. I just want to go back to living my life. Um, I think Boris has I dated not dates was a good was a good slogan. I hope he sticks to it. Um I know all these dates are provisional, as he likes to tell people. This is the earliest possible date. Um and I hope I hope he does stick to saying we have to follow the data. If cases go up again, we'll start locking down again. Um, but I, 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 but I do hope June, June first. I'm just looking for. I, I have to have living hope. The thing with this data, not dates, mantra, is before we've we've gone into lockdown. Just so take the um, November lockdown. We went into lockdown, and they said it's going to last exactly four weeks. And on this day, no matter what happens, free for all. Woohoo! Back to life. Um, and dates have been quite important here, haven't they? You know, yeah. by this date at Christmas, you can form your bubble, and of course, that was cancelled in the end. And they're now saying, well, look, let, let's be led by the data, by the science. But, I mean, I was watching on Wednesday evening the Peston show on ITV, and they went through this document, big old document, about 70 pages, and um, they highlighted all the dates, and there were a lot of them. 
they there's no data there's in this document it doesn't say we'll have life back when r is at 0.5 for example uh that's the reproduction number which shows how the virus spreads or when cases yeah. are this low or when deaths are this low or hospitalizations actually i think the data needs to be a bit clear a bit more clear yeah. on, on what data we're following I, I do think the government the government has sort of taken an approach the entire pandemic of focusing on a public relations strategy of the accurate side of the communication at times i do think you know in they should have maybe laid out look these are the these are the measures we're looking at when this measure hits this point then we'll consider putting in in, in the you know in the place this like restriction or taking away this restriction um but at, at the same time i do see why they focused on on dates perhaps even if there's a provisional date because dates give people hope and the government right now is basically saying look i know we're on month two of a very hard lockdown after a very hard christmas after another very hard lockdown um let's give you some hope of when you maybe maybe you could start doing getting back to normal life again um we'll see how that works out if they, they have to have some start moving stuff i don't think it'll go well for them but i, I do see why they've done it from a public relations perspective well the, these these dates are moving targets really aren't they um do you think do you think they may well be changed um i think it's really hard to tell at the moment i think if we it all depends i would say on what happens with the opening of schools i think what they've done by putting it the opening three weeks before the easter holidays is quite um sensible because obviously it takes two weeks to see any change in infection so it seems to be infections occur two weeks after something happens and then like hospitalizations and deaths follow a week after one another so i think if we see Two weeks after March the 8th, if we see cases begin to rise, then we might have to think about pushing back the dates. But if we don't, and if as long as the vaccine rollout continues to go well, we may even see the dates being moved forward. Do, do you think that's a possibility then? That Because if you look through the legislation, it says, yeah, school's open, no earlier than the 8th. Next stage, no earlier than, no earlier than. Um, normal life, no earlier than 21st of June. Surely, if we're, if we're being really properly guided by the data, actually, that could work the other way as well. And it could say, let's open up a bit earlier. Will, Will do, you, do you think the government should be talking about that? I think poss- I think they should probably, because if we get to, let's say, I don't know, mid-May, and we've got cases in the hundreds, then there's not really any justification to keep some restrictions in until mid-June. But I understand sort of why they haven't, told people that if you perform well then the dates might be moved forward because then that's sort of placing the like, onus on the general public so if we if infections start to rise we the government would be probably seen as shifting the blame towards the public as opposed to things they've done yeah enoch where do you stand on this yeah i i, I do i do think that the possibility for dates to go forward is something that is Maybe not being publicly commented on, but I guarantee within the government, someone's definitely thinking about it. Uh, I, I can imagine it now they've gone, well, if we pretend this is the earliest possible date, then when we do move it forward, that's a massive public relations victory. Um, I, I think the real big driver is no one really expects it to be open before then. Um, the government thinks we're getting vaccinated by end of June. So I think that this is the most reasonable timeline in, in, in those terms, but it's always hope. Well, you have got the, the what they call the COVID recovery group of conservative MPs who are... Um... Uh, the the want the to open up a bit sooner. You know, they perhaps want to protect business a bit more than health. That's maybe where their priorities lie. They say, Will, that actually we should be using this as an opportunity to maybe open up a bit earlier. Um, yeah, but 
you can't be you i do think you do have to be guided by the data somewhat but it's important to have like so we have something that the public can understand which is a day everyone knows when when that day is and then as long as we keep being guided by the data and play, put that date as an advisory we can move it forward if it's going really well we can move it back if it's going badly or we can just keep it the same if it's going how it is at the moment well we'll see won't we 21st of june is the day that certainly if you, if you look at social media it seems to be what people are looking forward to that's when we're told no earlier than 21st of june at least the restrictions will be eased what's the first thing you'll do enoch i'm i'm already planning the, the biggest night out in all of human history you can't you, you can't even believe it's gonna be a, a bar crawl uh, a night clubbing it's gonna be everything it's gonna be a disaster oh my gosh um will i think the same thing really because i've um obviously i turned 18 during uh last year so i turned 18 oh during God. lockdown so i've never been to a nightclub before so will, you're, you're coming oh. you're coming on the trip well, i'm adding you to the group oh. don't worry that's that's so interesting so i suppose there was a time there where you when you could like go to a bar and a pub and and yeah, stuff yeah because obviously like in summer they had opened up and even into like at the end of term we could still go just before they locked down everyone so when's your birthday may 25th oh so you you'll be 19 then by the time you're able yeah okay oh that's so interesting (laughs) um okay well well we'll wait and see the countdown certainly is on um and i've seen that there's a twitter account whose sole job is is counting down the days and so i'll give that a follow it's the johnny jenkins show on friday afternoon but how does this roadmap affect university students on to that next after this double whammy from christian leave and soft fruit Christian Leave on the Johnny Jenkins Show Friday afternoon and the government's roadmap out of lockdown has given us an idea of uh, when we could expect some sort of um, normal life and the, and the movements towards normal life to come in. But how does this affect university students? Um, Boris Johnson mentioned students in the House of Commons statement um, in the government briefing that, that followed that on, on Monday. Um, but we don't fit into one of the stages. It, it's not clear to me when the decision will be made. They say the government will make a decision on the return to campus. We're talking about most students here, non-practical students, uh, by the end of the Easter holidays. But our Easter holidays at Warwick is different from the Easter holidays at Oxford. It's different from the Easter holidays at another university, and, and you see where I'm going. So I wonder if, if you feel like you've got clarity, panel, Enoch Will, about when unis can go back a little bit and you know start to learn in classroom again. Enoch, what did you make of, of that announcement when it comes to uni students in particular? I I think I've gone so very used to expecting very little from the government when it comes to university students. So I think I was generally just pleased that it actually got a mention in, in the speech itself. Um, but I think my my main thinking is when they say Easter holidays, they mean like school Easter holidays. And so by by then, we'll, I expect to get an answer. Or I, I guess by, by mid-April, by mid-April sort of generally. But my, my, my one worry is it's going to be for some students, you know, I know I have a friend who's an international student who's going home for Easter. Basically said, well, look, I'm not going to stay in, in England if I'm living in my house on my own. I'm working online. I might as well just go home and be with my family and not be so alone right now. Um, and if he gets told with like a, a week before university starts, actually, yes, the university is coming back in person and he can, he'll have some seminars in person so he needs to come back again. Then that's going to be a, a two-week quarantine when he returns. Um, 
and which means you have to spend, have to spend a week of university trapped inside his house again. It's gonna be a scramble to buy tickets to get to get back here. It's just a, it's a whole mess. In, I don't think it's been fully thought through. That's my one worry. Yeah, and you raised another point there, which the government say they'll give a week's notice, at least a week's notice, to uni students. That for, you know, for schools that they've always said they give two weeks, but unis have said one week. Um, that's gonna affect quite a lot of people. And you mentioned there, you know, maybe the decision comes at the end of April. Well, behind my screen here, I can see my sort of timetable for the rest of term. And the big words looming is Wednesday the 5th of May, which is when I've got loads of deadlines and many of my friends finished their degree. And so they're not going to come back, are they? Well, what's the point of coming back just for a week and a half? Um, Will, what did you, what was your thinking on Monday? Um, it does just seem the government sort of forgets that education doesn't just take like schools and colleges because we are still we're still being educated so why are we not being included in like the march the 8th thing or why have they not clarified when we're going to be included i sort of maybe understand because we do have international students they want to see a bit more of the overall picture before making a decision but be again because we have international students they need um they need a clearer picture of what's going to happen to them because it's obviously a big hassle to change countries for your for your studies you have to like you said you have to quarantine you have to travel you have to just do many things and it does seem that the government needs to offer some clarification sooner rather than later and maybe even pay a load of money to quarantine in a hotel because that they may well be on the 33 red list countries it's a very international university is very international aren't they so We've seen there how it's affecting international students. When it comes to domestic students, you know, the three of us all are, all in the UK. Will, you're at university, Enoch and I are at home. Um, where, where do we stand here? Because, I mean, I'm at home at the moment. I don't know when I'm going to go back. I've just paid a big load of rent for um, a property that I'm not even sure if I'm going to go back to uh, at any point. Enoch, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I am planning on going back to my my um property, my not my student house soon. Just I think I work better there than I do at home. I, I have some ASs coming up. But I feel like I, I need to go back at some point. But I do. I have essentially paid for the last three months for a house I cannot use, and that that does bother me in a very fundamental way. And I think the government. I don't know. I don't want to be a person who says, "Oh, the government needs to do something every time." But like, this, this definitely is a situation where the government should have stepped in and said, "Look." We told them not to go. We told them not to go back. It's unfair for you to pay. Something can be done here. Either you know, a financial scheme to you know repay students for the payments made to landlords, give landlords a, a rent a rent holiday, something like that, just to make this um, sort of easier. Because otherwise, I don't know how this is supposed to work. Yeah, I mean, my views on this are no secret. I've yeah. pretty publicly um, spoken about the fact that I think it's outrageous that you have to spend so much money on a property you can't go to. You mentioned there that at some point you're going to travel back. Um, and a lot of people have done it. A lot of my mates have done it a lot, especially recently. They said, you know, I've tried doing it at home, studying at home. I just can't do it. Luckily, I'm very comfortable being at home and it's all fine. But that goes against Department of Health, Department of Education and government guidance. You know, you're supposed to stay put, aren't you? That, that's where it stands. So that, how comfortable are you with that? With, with breaking, I'm not sure if it's the law, but definitely breaking the guidance. I think that I mean that's been the big thing for me so far because I, I would have gone back much earlier, but because I I've, I've known this bad struggle, but, but I thought no, you know what, I'll stick out the term here. I'll do what I, I do what I can here because um, I'm not going to break the rules. But I think now that we're we're heading towards a, a lockdown easing, I I don't want to say I, this makes me feel more comfortable breaking the guidance, but it, I I do feel like especially if I if I take measures to make sure it's a safe trip there, 
um, then I, I would feel a lot more comfortable. Like I, I know, for instance, some people they've said they just they just drive in their family cars, no stops. Warwick's not that far far away from London, really. If you really for the pearl to the medal, so it's that's. As long as I feel like I'm going to take I'm going to take it to make sure it's safe, but I'm more comfortable now that we've got a lockdown um, roadmap. And and does that involve testing? That isn't. That will involve testing. I'm going to get. I'm going to make sure I get tested before I head off. That's going to be very important because I don't want to bring it. I don't want to bring it to my to my house and get my flatmates ill, and then that throws off whatever they want to do. I do think that's very fair. So, are most of your um, housemates, flatmates, there now? Uh, no, just two international students. Um, I think one of them is one of them is time to go home um, after this term is over because he doesn't think he's going to get any teaching in term um, term three, and one of whom I think is, is staying in England. Yeah, it's a complex issue. Will you're you're at uni, um, and you have been since before the lockdown. I know. Um, where do where do you stand on that? What's what's the mood on campus? Do people feel like they're going to get some sort of in person teaching? Are you seeing more and more people coming back? Um, so, I think you have seen a few more people come back over the last few weeks, and but obviously I'm not entire. I think term three is sort of mainly just exams for a lot of people. But I do think you'll see people come back for the more social side. Obviously, we've had a year that's been punctured by a like massive national lockdown throughout term two. People are people are sort of di- almost disconnected from the uni experience in a way. So I think you're going to see a lot of people in term three who haven't been on campus for term two come back, not just for exams, but for the social side to get to know more people, to get involved in like societies and things like that. And you're I think people want to interact with one another. And I think if you've got, if they've got the option to, without it breaking the guidance, because obviously the government might change the guidance if, uh, as we go through this process, and then I think you'll see more people coming back. Yeah, I certainly hope at some point to go back. Um, it's no rush. I'm going to go back when, when um, the guidance is in place. I mean, partly because, and I've said this throughout, partly because I go on air every day and I tell people about the guidance and I tell people about the rules and everything and I just couldn't face, um, you know, going against them. But I completely understand, and I've spoken about this as well this week, completely understand the way a lot of people feel in terms of needing to go back in their home environment, not really being conducive to working. I get that. Back with Ian Ock and Will, the panel on The Johnny Jenkins Show for your Friday afternoon, talking in a moment about vaccine passports or negative test certificates. Which would you prefer and why? The Johnny Jenkins Show with the song Shadow. Shadow on the Johnny Jenkins Show, Friday afternoon, a very good afternoon from me, Johnny Jenkins, and my panel, Enoch and Will, to you across campus, and here we are until five o'clock, talking about vaccine passports. Now, this is the idea that if you've had a jab, when when that time comes, um, that, that you'll get some sort of certificate, some sort of certification that says, I, Johnny Jenkins, have been vaccinated and let me live my life. But maybe that's not fair on people that can't get jabbed or that don't want to. It's all optional after all. Or we have a negative COVID certification. What do I mean by that? That you get a test, a negative test. You log it on your phone, maybe on the COVID app. And then that enables you for a day, maybe two days, to go and live a bit more of a normal life. We're seeing in other countries where maybe to get in order to get a haircut or some sort of close contact, that's beauty or whatever, um, you need a negative test. Maybe that's a more inclusive way of looking at things rather than a vaccine passport. Or maybe we could use both. Let's hear the thoughts of the panel, Enoch and Will. Um, 
You know, where do you sit on this? You come to all the idea of a vaccine passport. I know that former Prime Minister David Cameron came out this week and said he'd be a fan of it. Where do you stand? Um, I, well, my, my opinion is, I think I, I, I remember as a kid, I, I once got a yellow fever vaccination and you got a yellow fever card and there were some countries you could enter that had a yellow fever card. Um, it's just a fact of life that, you know, with diseases, there's going to be vaccination passports. You have to have some way of getting a vaccine. Um, I don't have that much issue with it with stuff like going abroad. If it became something for an internal use, that might become an issue. But I think just in sort of a more general sense, I don't have a larger issue with that. I suppose the issue is, is that if you're unable to get vaccinated or you have looked at the, the data and the science and you have decided that you are not comfortable with getting it for whatever reason, and, you know, that, that has been an option throughout. So I personally, you know, I, I'll be getting it as soon as I can. If you didn't get one, you'd never be able to have a normal life. If we use vaccine passports in the UK, you wouldn't be able to go to the pub, you wouldn't be able to go to the restaurant, you wouldn't be able to go to the cinema. It would be very exclusive. Yeah, but um, I, this is going to, maybe it's going to be slated. That's that's what you chose to do. Um, if you can't, I can't get a vaccine, that's something that's very separate issue. I want to see some people cannot get vaccinated for medical reasons. And... I, I don't I do not agree with a vaccination passport for internal UK. Someone made that very clear. It's purely for you know traveling. That's just what happens when you travel. Um, but if you're a person who's chosen not to get a vaccination, um, you've chosen not to get that protection. You've chosen to basically say I'm not interested in contributing to herd immunity in general society, and that maybe people don't want you around anymore. I know in America, um, some parents have this thing where they don't actually get some measles. It has to be a very big movement, and they have things like measles parties. And you know what? Their kids aren't allowed to go back into school because you have a measles party and you start spreading measles. That's it's that's not acceptable. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's. So, so you're a fan of vaccine passports internationally, but domestically in the UK, maybe some sort of different model, certification, negative test. Will, where do you stand? Um, I think I would agree with Enoch internationally. I do think we're going to see vaccine passports because obviously countries don't want to uh, don't want to allow people with COVID-19 into their country and potentially start a local in, local spread. Domestically, I think they might be okay as long as they're only introduced once everyone has been offered at least one dose of the vaccine. If you start introducing them in May or June when people haven't, when some people haven't been offered a vaccine, you're going to be looking at outrage because the it's the younger generations who haven't been vaccinated but it's also the younger generations who have sacrificed a lot more to prevent the older generations from becoming infected with COVID and then potentially dying and i think that if we see the younger generations being restricted even further while older generations are more are more like allowed to do things and you can see a massive age um, divide and potentially age conflict yeah, timing is incredibly important here, isn't it? In working out the time we bring in either a vaccine passport or whatever. Um, and the, the negative tests, we are seeing these in other countries. I think the government are looking into it and weighing up. I know they've appointed Michael Gove to sort of be, be the head of, of, of looking into this. I think we're going to see some change here. We're going to see some development. Um, let's see. I, I'm pretty comfortable with both um, methods, but um, I think... In, uh, domestically we'll start seeing more negative test certifications okay almost time on the johnny jenkins show but just a reminder we've got our big decision elections night tonight from nine o'clock voting for the su full-time part-time officers 
course reps, etc., is open. Open till seven tonight, just two hours to go. Vote at warwickshu.com forward slash vote. And then Enoch, nine o'clock, it all kicks off. Yeah, nine o'clock live on the Raw, official Raw Facebook page, official Raw YouTube, and on the Raw News Twitter. Please do tune in. It's going to be a fantastic show. Who's going to win? I can't, I can't skew it. No spoilers. No it's spoilers. All, the vote's still open, I suppose. True. Yeah. So, Actually, but you know what? The Emperor has it. That's my opinion. The Emperor has it. I, I don't see anyone else taking, taking the race. Okay. Um, we'll wait and see, won't we? Voting remains open at warwickshu.com forward slash vote until at seven o'clock and we're live from nine. Thanks very much, Enoch and Will. Great to see you today. Thank you. Great to be, great to be on. The Johnny Jenkins Show on Raw 12.51am. See you next Friday.